Right, so let's get to know each other a bit better. I've got a few questions. Keith, where, where do you keep your bin liners? Where do you keep your bin liners at home? Jan might have to answer if, if you don't know. <laughs> In a drawer. But you've got a particular drawer for your bin liners. You've got a drawer for your bin liners. Um, Nathan, what about coffee? Have you got a particular... Yeah, cupboard. A cu- particular cupboard for your coffee? Um, Maureen, toilet roll. Have you, got, have you got a particular place for your toilet roll? In a cupboard, yeah. We've all got, you know, and Magnus. Magnus. Your fabric conditioner. Your fabric <laughs> conditioner, Magnus. Where does your fabric conditioner go? <laughs> Pam, could you help him? Could you help him? In the outhouse. So I think, you know, all of these things we've got, we've definitely got a place for. You know, I can think of my kitchen and, and home where bin liners, coffee, fabric conditioner, toilet roll is going to be placed. Now, there's, there's something, there's a particular shop that when you go to it, all of it, go, all of that goes out of the window. I'm talking about Costco. <laughs> Have, has anyone been to Costco? Anyone sort of aware of Costco? So Costco, it just, if you haven't been, I think there's a one in Sunbury. I don't know exactly where, but I think that's our closest one. You go to Costco, you don't go to Costco for 10 bin liners, you go for 100. You know, this is a place where you get coffee in kilograms, you know, rather than, rather than just grams of coffee. And the problem is that bulk buying, it just, you know, the, the places you have for your bin liners, it, you know, 100 bin liners aren't going in that particular drawer that you've got for your normal tube that you might get at Tesco. My mother-in-law... She loves Costco. She loves a bulk buy. Loves a bulk buy. And she's very generous. She's very generous. You know, she, when she ever she goes, next time she sees us, there's normally a couple of things. that Oh, here you go. You know, I, bought, I bought one kilo of coffee. Here's another kilo for you. But, you know, we've got nowhere to put it. You know, our drawer for the bin liners... You know, the last few months, our bin liners have had their own room, really. And any time anytime you, like, you know, our fabric conditioner being out on the kitchen side, and every time you open the, the downstairs or under the stairs cupboard, toilet roll just comes out. You know, we've got so much of it. It just, you know, it completely throws out of whack any, you know, any kind of system you've got about to put these things away. Why, why, why am I saying this? So it got me, th- this, this kind of, it got, it got me thinking about, about today. And, you know, I, was, I asked the question of myself, you know, what should change in this situation? What should change? The lavish giving or the capacity to receive? What should change? The lavish giving or the capacity to receive? You know, I, when we're thinking of it, when we've got Father God, ultimately and actually that question it's kind of taken out of our hands because his very nature is to lavishly give to his children, to lavishly bestow upon us as we were singing that unmerited, unlimited grace. The question that we probably should ask is how can we increase that capacity? Increase that capacity. Because God 
daily wants to lavish us. You know, we were talking about grace, unwarranted grace and love and compassion for us. But God has a desire for us to live life in its fullest. There's so much on a daily basis that he just wants to lavishly pour upon us. King David, when he wrote uh, one of the Psalms, Psalm 23, he was talking about the Lord as my shepherd and a line there talks about his cup overflowing, his cup runneth over. How do we make that cup, how do we go about making that cup bigger, increasing that capacity? And when I'm talking about capacity, it can take many, many different forms. You know, when I thought upon this, you know, three things came, came to my mind. When we're looking to increase our capacity, we're looking to have a largeness, an expansion of our heart to be able to love more easily, to love more deeply, to come into situations, to come towards people with a first reaction and instinct of love and acceptance and compassion. It's a broadening of, of shoulders a broadening of shoulders, to be able to take on more than what you could ever really do in the natural, what you could do in your own strength. When people might ask, even people within this church, how do you do it? How do you serve in this way? How do you engage with people in this way? How do you fit it all in? Their people have got broad shoulders who by the grace of God and, in, and God's strength and God's, uh, God's perfect wisdom able to take on and serve in such a wonderful way. And it's about heightening of expectation. Having a, a higher expectation of what God can and will and wants to do for you and through you. That's what, when I'm talking about capacity and a larger cup to capture daily all of the great, lavish gifts that God wants to give. People that love easily, naturally and wonderfully. People that serve diligently and, 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 and take on things that are beyond their own strength and, and are forever expectant to God to work in wonderful and mighty ways. And we, of course, have a great example of this. In Jesus, especially when he walked on the earth. We read an account in Matthew 20, where, the, where James and John, uh, their mum came to Jesus and basically said to him, look, you've chosen these 12 disciples and out of these 12 disciples, you've kind of set James, John and Peter even further apart. What I would like you to do is, when, you're, when you go back to heaven, make sure that my two sons are seated on your left and on your right. And the disciples, the other ten disciples, were obviously, well, you know, quite annoyed. You know, well, you know, I wouldn't expect my mum to do that. Maybe they were annoyed at their mum more than, you know, that their mum didn't fight for their corner. But they were, they were annoyed. And so Jesus gathers them together. And he says... You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. <coughs> it shall not be so among you. 
But whoever would be great among you must be your servants. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life to the ransom for many. James and John's mum, and maybe James and John themselves probably, were maybe looking for power, status, authority in their walk with Christ. But Jesus just nipped that in the bud. It's about service. It's about love. It's about compassion. It's not about ego. It's not about you. It's about me, and it's about the wider world of the unsaved that's bringing us bringing all things to good, all things together. See, when we look at the time that Jesus spent on the earth and how he had, being Jesus, a great capacity for love and for service and for people, Jesus kind of did three simple things. He spent time with God, one-to-one, He spent time with, they wouldn't have called themselves Christians, but he spent time with believers and and followers. And he spent time with non-believers. And that's it. That's that's preach done. It's done. (laughs) To increase your capacity, you do those three things. Jobs are good and you can go home. But it's tough. the, The tough part in this is, is balance, as with all things in life. It's, it's, that, it's that balance and that kind of tightrope. That Jesus being Jesus did perfectly, of balancing all three of those areas, spending time with God, spending time with believers, spending time with non-believers. It's the balance that's tricky, because we're all human. We've all got our own inclination, our comfort zone, our tendencies that may draw us to one more than another. And I'm not talking here about a particular season of life or a particular period where, for whatever reason, there is a time to really, you know, focus and prioritise that, that, that sort of, you know, one-to-one time with God over maybe the other two. And of course, you know, there's, um, you know, we're, not, we're, to- we're talking generally here. At the same time, none of this is meant to be legalistic, as, as Nathan kind of alluded to, to bring shame of, oh, why haven't you been reading your Bible? Why haven't you been talking about Jesus? This balance that Jesus wonderfully walked in shows and demonstrates how to live a full life, how to walk closely with God, how to walk in line with the plan that he has for each of us. It's not meant to bring shame or legalism or a list of of, of do's and don'ts. It's meant to bring freedom and abundance. Because the danger, when when there's imbalance, when you you, um, consistently prioritise and really um, seek your Christian walk in just one of those areas, when you kind of just see your Christian faith predominantly and mainly just through one of those Point, spending time with God, spending time with believers, spending time with non-believers. There, there, there's some consequences that can happen. First of all, if you, if you solely see that uh, your Christian faith is just spending one-to-one time with God, you get, in self, you get yourself in a holy bubble, a holy bubble. 
where the only person being blessed, the only person being built up, the only person uh, receiving and, and maybe flourishing in, in your relationship with God is yourself. Is yourself. It can bring a wonderful, maybe heart-to-heart relationship with God, which is fantastic, you know, of, 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 of imploring and spending time with him, praying and reading the Bible and worshipping and meditating, all great stuff. But if that is your Christian faith, then you're not the only, only one being blessed, but you're not given any opportunity for all of the good stuff that you're receiving from God to be outworked and outpoured into others. It's, it's frankly a selfish journey. On the other hand, if you um, really predominantly and, and, and mainly see the expression of your Christian faith through spending time with other Christians and other believers, what you get is what uh, many of you may have heard is a, a Christian huddle. That Christian huddle where you get amazing things, you get fellowship, you get sharpening, you get encouragement, you get a building up of one another. But it creates a, a disconnect, it creates distance. It can lead to fear and apprehension of, of the outside world, of actually speaking to non-believers, spending time with non-believers, because it's not something maybe that you particularly prioritise. And lastly, if you really see that kind of call and Christian faith is to really devote all of your time, as much as you can, to speaking and being around and surrounding yourself with non-believers, you get a holy muddle, a holy muddle. Because you're not rooted, you're not grounded in the truth and the power with spending time with your Father God and being around other believers, it can lead to kind of grey areas. It can lead to compromise. It can lead to, in the pursuit of, of winning souls and talking about Jesus, to talking about a palatable gospel that's easy to hear, that's completely just embedded in the culture of the day, to make the message of Jesus as easy to hear as possible, that you may compromise actually some eternal biblical truths. As I said, none of this is a condemnation or to bring shame, but a, a heartfelt challenge to, for all of us to reflect and to think, if, if, if you are a Christian here, what does, my, what does the balance look like in my life? What does the balance look like? What do I need to pray? Where do I need to pray into to give more opportunity, more space, more time to achieve that balance? Because when you have a body of people, when you have a church family that are seeking that balance and, and, and seeking to, 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 to spend the time in those right areas. And to maybe, you know, not just accept, oh, it's my comfort zone or my natural inclination, but to, to truly seek that balance out. You get a family and a body of people that are hungering and desiring over God in their private life and in, in, in their personal time, rooted in truth and in power 
with the Holy Spirit. You get people a deep well of, of, of love when they meet people and within situations. A desire to, to speak about their faith, a desire to speak about what God has done. We see it and we're blessed with so many great people in this church who demonstrate this. I think it's just good to reflect on, on that balance. And there might just be, you know, a few, a few things particularly that practically could help, that could, come, that, that, that could just help in the coming months, weeks and days. Of course we talk about, you know, and it's about your personal walk with Jesus, that, that sort of one-to-one time. But specifically, I, I was led to, to, to three, three areas. Two, mate, two to do with fellowship with each other, and one around when we're in situations with non-believers. And again, this is a, a, just a heartfelt challenge. But, you know, there's a lot of things that go on throughout the week in this church. Not really in August, but majority of the, majority of the year, when we kick off again in September. But I would, I would, I would challenge you just to ask, are you attending a small group? Are you clicked into one but don't regularly attend? The encounter evenings that we have once a month, the, la- the, the, the Bloom ladies evening and, and the, 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 the men sort of curry that we have, all of this stuff that goes on throughout the week and through the month is centred around enjoying each other's company and, and, and sharp, as it says in Proverbs, it's like iron, sharpening one another. Building each other up, flourishing as we spend time together and with God. I'd say throughout the, in that week, don't miss the opportunity to spend more time with your brothers and sisters in Christ and with your church family. And also when we're talking about capacity and broadening of shoulders, there's we all lead busy lives. Lots going on. But we have the opportunity to, to, to walk, as Jesus said, he came to serve. And we have the opportunity as, a, as, as church uh, members and as a family to serve in many, many different ways, as many of us do. And for, for a number of us here, you know, you uh, may thinking, well, you know, I've only been a Christian or coming to this church only for a few months or under a year. There's no tenure, there's no, there's no kind of experience on, on the job description. But Jesus challenges us about service. And it, may, it takes many forms. And I just encourage you, if this is something that's been on your heart or you've been thinking about, of how you could get more involved, talk to one of the, one of the leaders here. As there's, 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 there's a lot, not just on a, on a Sunday, but throughout the week and, and, and stuff like that. But for that capacity to grow, we need, you know, that, that broadening of shoulders. 
We need to allow ourselves and put ourselves in situations for that opportunity to happen. You know, I, think, I think in one of the um, Bruce or Evan Almighty films, and Morgan Freeman plays God. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've seen, seen them. But, God, but Morgan, I said God, Morgan Freeman playing God says, <laughs> getting myself in a bit of a difficulty here. Morgan Freeman playing God says, you know, if someone prays for patience, does God give them patience or do they, does, does God give them an opportunity to be patient? You know, I don't have to draw that out. We could draw that out for another 10 minutes. But, you know, we need to be and give ourselves opportunities to get that patience, that love, that compassion, that servant heart to increase that capacity. And lastly, it can be very, it can be very difficult when we're talking about how, talking about our faith. And there's tips and techniques of you know have an elevator pitch, you know have a 30-second testimony, you know, if someone says about a Christian, give it. You know, all that stuff is, is good. But if we're not talking about our faith, we're, 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 we're in that danger, in that danger zone of getting in that Christian huddle. It's not the expression of Christianity that Jesus had in mind when he says at the end of Matthew, the Great Commission, to go out and make followers and believers. Just one simple thing that you know I've, I, I, that I try to do. On Monday or on Tuesday for this week, just at work or whatever field that you're going to be in, at school, college, in a garden centre, when people say, what did you do at the weekend? You know, people's normal response, oh yeah, I did this, didn't do much. But I've tried to make it a habit now. I say, well, now the first thing I say is, yeah, well, I had, had church and this happened. And I'd say, well, I preached at church. And that, you know, just, just then leads into, it's a very simple, natural thing. What did you do at the weekend? How did you spend your weekend? What did you do? What happened? Some amazing things sometimes happen here on a Sunday. People getting baptised, people getting healed, people getting released. When you serve in the church, you know, I spent, sun, 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 I spent Sunday morning serving coffee. What do you mean you spend Sunday morning serving coffee? Well, I go to church, you know. When people ask you on Monday, what did you do at the weekend? There's, a, there's, a, there's some good answers rather than, well, I watched the cricket. Spent some time with the grandkids. You know, there's, there's just that very natural element. So I just wanted to just close and just reiterate because it's very important. None of this is to bring a list or shame or burden of saying, oh, I feel so bad. I, no, I really have just, I really haven't gone to a connect group for three months. Oh, I really should really be serving somewhere in church. Oh, I really should be spending more time reading the Bible. This is just a heartfelt challenge just to, just to pray in the, in the coming days, and reflect. How can I walk how Jesus walked, get in that balance, to then walk closely, more closely, and ever closely, in the, in the plan, in the path that God 
has for my life and to have this life and have it to its full. So I just want to, you know, just end by just, just praying for, for you and I just, you know, just ask a simple thing of, you know, if this is this, this, this pursuit of walking as Christ did and getting that, that balance to, to, to be able to live life to the fullest, if that's something that you say, actually, yeah, I'm probably not, not where I want to be and I can already see some areas where it would be good to pray into and maybe look into. I'll just ask you just, just to stand and I just want to pray for you now um, uh, before, we, before we close. Yes, Lord, we should always start off that it is your gift of grace that is unmerited and unloved. It's not about anything that we do, it's about what you have done. It's not about who we are, about, but it's about who you are. That is the starting point. Lord, may we never forget that. May none of what has been spoken about now be seen as a, as a, as a pursuit for, for more love, for more love, a pursuit to, to get more of your grace, to get more of your affection, because we've already got that. We've already got that. I pray now for these wonderful people here that, that we hunger and have a pursuit to have an ever-increasing cup and capacity to have a larger heart, to be able to love deeply, for our shoulders to be broadened so we can serve more diligently and more magnificently in your name. And that we can have an expectations that are heightened by what we see you doing through us and through others and through this church. May we diligently in the coming days just reflect and pray on what you're putting us into, whatever that may be in any of those areas, Lord, that we walk lightly in this, not burdened by this, but challenged lovingly to walk in ever-increasing closeness with you and along the path that you have set for us. Amen.